Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination in the Word, uh, looking particularly at the commandments and the instructions and the mandates of the Lord, where he said to do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be worried. Do not be anxious. Do not be dismayed. We all face such times in our lives when we have fear that comes against us and things that happen. Uh, but the word, man, is, it, it repeats it over and over, not to fear, not to fear, not to fear. And uh, so we looked at the passage in the previous episode in First Peter 3, and I want to go back to that again, then read it a little beyond it this time, okay? So this is First Peter chapter 3, verse 13, says this, Who is there to harm you if you've proven zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. So he tells us what to do here, and he tells us how to do it. He tells us not to fear. Don't worry about their intimidation. Don't be troubled by this. <clears throat> how do you do that? Well, you sanctify. You continue to set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. He alone is Lord in your heart. Don't be distracted by the words they speak. Don't be distracted by the emotions that come up because of the words they speak, right? But sanctify, set aside Christ in your heart, and be ready to make a defense for the hope that you have. Okay, be able to speak the truth about the hope, but do it with gentleness. Do it in awe and reverence of the Most High God, and keep a clean conscience to where you won't be distracted by these slanderous things. In other words, don't start thinking about <clears throat> evil against somebody. Don't think things you shouldn't think about somebody who is slandering you and realize this that though they're reviling your good behavior the lord will take care of it okay now verse 17 continues this idea then it goes into something really interesting so watch this verse 17 for it is better if god should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong so what's he saying he's saying if it's the Lord's will, if he allows it for you to suffer because you're doing what's right, that's better than suffering for doing what is wrong. So always do what is right. Don't do what is right just when it doesn't bring any suffering or something like that. No, always do the right thing. Verse 18, for Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. And I'm going to stop there in the middle of the sentence for a moment, okay? Because this gets really interesting. The Lord tells us that he died, okay, the just for the unjust. Why? So that he might bring us to God, having been put to death and being made alive in the spirit. So the Lord has done this for us. Since he's done this for us, how should we treat one another as believers how should we treat others even those who revile us even those who slander us who may not be believers okay the lord died for all of us before we were yet believers right while we were still sinners but watch this he was made alive in the spirit then verse 19 in which also he went 
and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through the water. So Peter's writing, and all of a sudden he feels led by the Spirit to start speaking about some really interesting things right here. And he's tying these things together. He's saying, you know, Christ died once for all for all mankind. And he's made alive in the Spirit. And then he says, but it's during this time when he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. They're spirits that are in prison. Well, who are they? They're the ones who were disobedient when the patience of God was kept waiting in the days of Noah. This actually goes back to Genesis 6. We can't get into it right now, but I've done some previous podcasts here on 1 Peter, and I think you'll be able to find it there where you can get some more detail about that. These spirits are the spirits that you see in Genesis 6, okay? The ones that rebelled against God and came down and cohabitated with the daughters of men and did all sorts of various and sundry things and raised up the Nephilim. And so the Lord... Uh, judge them and he's keeping those spirits now in prison jesus went and made proclamation to those spirits uh not from the point of view of salvation <coughs> or anything like that but from a declaration of victory okay and peter's one that gives us some insight into this now watch this i'll start at verse 19 again in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So Peter, Peter uh, gives a real quick synopsis of what happened in Genesis 6 through 9, that Noah and his family, Noah, three sons, his wife, and three daughter-in-laws, uh, were safely brought through the water through the flood. Now watch this, verse 21. Corresponding to that, well, corresponding to what? Corresponding to the fact that these eight persons were brought safely through the water by the ark. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. <laughs> okay, oh no. If you could stop right there and just read part of the sentence, people go ballistic on you, right? Read the rest of the sentence. Read the next two verses. It finishes the chapters, rest of the sentence. Also, read the balance of the scripture. See what it says. Correspond to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he's showing us that it's not through the actual physical act of removal of dirt from the flesh or something like that that saves you. It's the fact that you appeal to God and you appeal upon the basis of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you believe what Jesus did. And you appeal to God for a good conscience, for a cleansing, for a renewing that is only found through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Then he continues the sentence to close out the chapter, verse 22. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him his death burial and resurrection subjected these angels and authorities and powers notice that there's more within the heavenly realm than just angels there's more in that unseen realm than just angels you see authorities you see powers now, paul uses these type of terminologies all the time these had been subjected to him 
So, therefore, fear not, folks. The victory is already ours. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.